Welcome to the Covered Beloved Podcast, where we choose to live faith-infused, holistic lifestyles while nourishing and renewing our minds to experience the depths of God's love for us. Hey there, I'm Heidi Brom, world changer and mom on a mission to bring a whole new level of health and wellness to your home. As a decade-long essential oil advocate, self-proclaimed personal and kingdom development junkie, and your holistic lifestyle strategist, I believe that when God created the earth, he didn't leave us without solutions, that he created us to be healthy and whole, and that he's covered each and every one of us as mothers with his protection, grace, and wisdom on how to live our most healthy, happy, and joyful lives. Are you ready? It's time to become the healthy home mom God created you to be, because he's got you covered, beloved. Let's dig in. Welcome back, beloved. Today, I want to introduce part one of three in my Oils of the Bible series. Throughout this series, I want to share not only how oils were used in ancient times, but also how we can use them today. In the first chapter of Genesis, it is written that God placed mankind in the Garden of Eden. God knew in the beginning that this perfect environment would be the key source for mankind's healing and health. How awesome is that, that when God created the earth, he didn't leave us without solutions for our everyday needs. Daily applications of aromatic oils in biblical times were extensive indeed. In fact, 36 of the 39 books of the Old Testament and 10 of the 27 books of the New Testament mention oils or the plants that produce them. The early Christians held aromatic oils in high esteem. In fact, plants that produced oils became so valuable that the Pharisees required people to pay a tithe or tax on the oil-producing herbs and spices that they grew and harvested. And many references pointing to the characteristics of oils are mentioned as well. So for example, Paul chose to compare faithful Christians as sweet savors, fragrances, or aromas. In Ephesians 5.2, he urges his fellow believers to be imitators of Christ who gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Oils in scripture were considered a source for healing, and fortunately, this natural and biblical solution is still available for us today. Get ready for part one of Oils of the Bible. As an essential oil specialist, wellness advocate, and holistic life coach, and mama of four, I'm extremely motivated to make a positive impact in the world by helping moms create freedom in their families. I am a freedom fighter. And by having real world solutions at your fingertips for 80% of the issues that come up on a daily basis, you can create freedom in your home. No, we can't get around eating right, exercising, resting and managing our stress, and reducing our toxic load. And actually, anytime I've suffered in my health, it's because I've stopped paying attention and prioritizing those things. But I believe that in the details of life and everyday emergencies, God creates opportunities for connection in those moments, like when your child skins a knee or has a tummy ache or your toddler is having a tantrum. I like helping moms swoop in, fix the thing with natural healing, and get everyone back on track and walking away the hero of her home. And I love helping moms do that in a simple, safe, and effective way because at the end of the day, these are the moments that make us better people. These tender moments allow us to be open and vulnerable with our children. 
They help us expand our capacity to love. And God sees that. He honors that and the time we took to step away from whatever it was we were doing and instead focus so intently on this precious child and to do it with confidence and love and grace. And I believe he redeems the time that we took to do that. He strengthens our bond with our child, our trust with them and our relationship. And he uses it as a teaching moment for our kids too because kids love using essential oils. It helps them feel empowered to take care of themselves in a way that brings health and results. So I want to make sure you know that when God created this planet, he gave us exactly what we needed. And he left us with the perfect plant solutions to help us transform our health in those foundational areas. Alrighty, beloved, I have a question for you as we get started today. Why do you think so many people are turning back to the earth and plants for solutions? I kind of just gave you a clue, right? God created everything we needed in the garden and perfectly. So nature was man's first remedy and almost everything we need can be found there. God is very smart. And today we're going to cover what oils are and the biblical history so you can feel at ease using them if you choose to. I have really researched and studied oils and what they look like prophetically in scripture. Not only have oils been used therapeutically for over 5,000 years, But we see that in total, they're mentioned in scripture over 500 times. We have a long, rich history with oils. Yes, they were used therapeutically, and we can still use them to our benefit today. So they're not new, and they're also not new age. There's no happenstance in the Bible. Everything is for a reason. And that's what I'm going to show you, beloved, as we get further into our Oils of the Bible series. I get that you might be nervous, and I don't want you to miss out on these health tools because you are hesitant they might be new age. God uses oil-producing plants in the Bible to not only show us how we can use them, but also to tell the story of Jesus. You will be amazed as you listen to this unfold. I want to first give credit to my mentor, Rachel Lee Carter, for putting a lot of this information together. Rachel is a professional international model of more than 20 years, as well as a Bible Institute graduate. She is the president of Modeling Christ, which is a faith-based organization that teaches the importance of modesty in a skin-as-in society, and she's also the author of the book Fashion by Faith. She was featured in the documentary Ancient Secrets of Essential Oils and has been teaching the biblical roots and uses of essential oils since 2014. So I'm so grateful I was able to attend her training live in person in Salt Lake City a few years ago um, and present it to all of you. One clarification I want to make is that for biblical purposes, it's oils, not essential oils. So the oils mentioned in the Bible would have been a crude solvent like fats and pressed oils or an olive oil steeped in a certain plant that's then picked up some of those aromatic compounds from the plant. True steam distillation with like what we have now with essential oils, that wouldn't have come until about the 11th century. So essential oils in biblical times were the formulation of the aromatic oils and a crude solvent. So I just want to make that distinction. Uh, And so you might feel like, well, they were diluted then and they were weaker. But no, if you, again, going back to the Garden of Eden, God put everything in there in its purest, most potent form, right? They didn't have pesticides, herbicides, or other kinds of junk going on or things that could have filtered into that. This was the whole full component of everything they needed. So even historically, plants would have been more potent back then, even if they were diluted. Even if it was an infusion, it still would have had a therapeutic effect. All right, so now let's talk about healing with oils. 
And I'm looking in James chapter 5, verse 14, and I feel like this is a really strong passage about what we do when we talk about using oils when someone is sick. So it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. So there's the order listed. You pray and you use oils. If we back up even, the question is, is any sick among you? So is anybody sick? And then if the answer is yes, then here's a solution. Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them first pray over him and then use oil. So there's two things that are involved here. You're first going to pray, right? And if you see how it's listed, it's listed first. It's number one. But then here's the anointing with oil too. So we're told first to pray and then second to use oil. Back then, the priests were actually the ones that were in charge of, I guess, diagnosing and determining disease. So for prayer and anointing of oils, you would have gone to see them. It's not likely that most people today have the opportunity to be prayed for and anointed by a priest, and so we as the body of Christ can do this for each other and for ourselves and for our families. God has provided powerful healing remedies in the form of essential oils for our use, and he first made it possible for our ancestors to discover these natural resources and is now allowing science to validate the divinely programmed plant power that ancient peoples have used and known for a millennia couple millennia. And so, of course, this doesn't diminish the power of prayer for healing. In fact, it emphasizes it because it comes first. But it's clear that the plants and the oils from those plants were certainly used therapeutically. So this is how we're being taught to use it. But again, there's the order. You pray first, then you use oils. When I am with my kids, this is what I make sure I do. We pray first or either I'm praying in my mind or um, praying over them for healing. And with thanksgiving and praise, I then give a blessing and we use the oils. And so we do both. And so here's another example in scripture. It comes from Ezekiel 47:12, And that verse teaches us that the fruit will be used for food and the leaves for medicine. Now, if we look up the word medicine there, it's in the Hebrew text. It's the word terufa which means healing or a remedy. So the leaves should be used for medicine and as remedies for healing. That's pretty plain to see. In case you didn't know, essential oils come from all parts of the plant. They come from the leaves, the seeds, the bark, the stem, the roots, the flower, and the rind. It really just depends on the species of the plant and the health benefit we're looking for. Peppermint essential oil, for example, is steam distilled from the leaf of the peppermint plant. If you've ever rolled a peppermint leaf or here in the Northwoods, a wintergreen leaf between your fingers and notice that the smell gets stronger, it's because you're releasing the essential oils from the leaves when you do that. That's pure concentrated plant power right there in your hands. And essential oils are very concentrated. They're about 50 to 70 times more potent than their regular herbal form. And so a little goes a long way. Typically when we are using essential oils, we're only using a few drops and we're also usually using a carrier oil to reduce any chance of sensitivity, especially if it's a hot or spicy oil and to also help carry the essential oils into the cells. Continuing with our peppermint example to illustrate concentration, one drop of peppermint essential oil is about the same potency as 28 cups of peppermint tea. If you have an upset stomach, you can just you know drop a peppermint oil with a carrier and apply it over your abdomen instead of drinking 28 cups of peppermint tea. You really just need a drop or two, that's it. Now I wanna share two more examples from scripture to illustrate the protective and healing support 
God has put into oils for us. One is the Good Samaritan from Luke 10, 30 to 34. And it says this, In reply, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Jesus tells this story to remind us to love our neighbors as ourselves and to help one another in times of need. But in true Jesus fashion, he doesn't just tell the story with empty words. The word oil there in Greek is actually olive oil. And as I shared before, it's common for olive oil to be used as the crude base when mixing aromatic and healing oils for remedies. The same word, um, the same is with the word wine. Why would he pour wine on his wounds? Um, well, first of all, it could have been to sanitize it, but looking up the word wine could also been used as a carrier. As we see in the example of Mark 15, 23, when Jesus is being led away to be crucified and just before placing him on the cross, the soldiers offered Jesus wine mixed with myrrh to help anesthetize the pain. This mixture was commonly offered to dying criminals as a pain deadener and routinely given to people condemned to brutal execution. So when we look at the Samaritan, the Good Samaritan, pouring these remedies on the man's wounds, it was likely important for the immediate care and survival of the man to prevent infection and to start the healing process. We can combine essential oils and our compassion for one another as a way to care for our neighbors. Isn't that beautiful? Okay, the final place I want to bring you to scripture to show you how God shows us how we can use oils for protection and healing remedies is in Psalm 23. This is a common scripture. Many of you probably know it by heart. It's a psalm from David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This was written by David, and David was a shepherd boy, so he knew what he was talking about when he said, You anoint my head with oil. And he was talking to God. So why would he say that? This is why. And it's easier to understand this passage if we understand why and how oils were used with sheep. And right here, this is an example. We can already say that oils were used in veterinary practices. Think about that. We use them that way now. I know we do in our home. So it's just phenomenal. Okay, sheep are especially troubled by these little flies buzzing around their heads and attempting to deposit their eggs on damp mucous membrane. They land on the sheep's nose and... If they are successful in getting inside the nose, then they will lay eggs and the eggs will hatch. And in a few days, they form small worm-like larvae that will then burrow and work their way up the nasal passages into the sheep's head and brain, which, as you can imagine, will create intense irritation accompanied by severe inflammation. For relief from these agonizing experiences, sheep will deliberately 
beat their heads against the trees, the rocks, the posts, and even in extreme cases of intense infestation, a sheep may even kill itself because death is better than this agony. To prevent this from even happening in the first place, the good shepherd would apply an oil antidote or ointment to the sheep's head. The oil was soothing, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antifungal, and antiparasitic. Because of this practice, anointing became symbolic of blessing, protection, and empowerment. So now you can see why David, a shepherd boy, says to God, his father, you anoint my head with the oil the same way I anoint the head of my sheep. It's powerful how oil is considered a covering and a protection in this way. All right, here's one more bonus scripture for you from the New Testament, Mark 6, 13, in the ministry of the 12 disciples. So they set out and preached that the people should repent. They also drove out many demons and healed many of the sick, anointing them with oil. When we go to Bible Hub, which you can do this yourself online, it's Bible Hub, H-U-B, and put in any verse, you can look at the Hebrew or Greek translation. And so for this, since the New Testament, it's going to be in Greek, you'll notice the words when you go there that they're out of order and they don't necessarily follow English rules. So I want I wanted to know more about the words and kind of what order they were in and the words anointing, sick, and healed. Anointing here is the Greek word alipho. It's a verb. It's an action word meaning to rub or smear olive oil on the body, medically anointing, bringing healing and relief. Okay. Sick was persisting illness, infirmity, literally meaning one that will not leave, so chronic illness. And then healed is the Greek word therupio, which means to cure, heal, reversing a physical condition, to restore a person having an illness, disease, or infirmity. And we actually get our root therapy. It's the root of therapy and therapeutic is our English word for that. So this usually involves natural elements in the process of healing. So this is healing in the natural. Do I believe they also prayed for healing in the supernatural? Yes, I believe this scripture is again what we're seeing that it's both. We pray and we use oils. But did you also know that olive oil in the Bible also represents the Holy Spirit? So figuratively, it's the indwelling or empowering of the Holy Spirit. So here in Mark 6, 13, where Jesus gives the 12 disciples authority to cast out evil spirits and heal people, this was before they had the Holy Spirit. So this is a prophetic foreshadowing of Jesus's story as well. Another word for anoint is chosen one and God himself anointed Jesus. He didn't anoint him with oil, though. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit. And we find that in Acts 10, 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And God anoints us in the same way with salvation. And this is interesting that in the second part of Acts 10, verse 38, it says, Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And that word healing in Greek is iaomi. <laughs> I know I'm saying that wrong, Iaumahi, which means healing, particularly as supernatural and bringing attention to the Lord, the supernatural healer, which is beyond the physical healing itself and its benefits of physical healing. So not just in the natural, but also the supernatural. God made us body, spirit, and soul. And so we're talking healing on a spiritual soul level, not just in our natural bodies. Isn't that amazing? It's all in the Bible, y'all. It blows my mind. The more I've learned about this, it just shows how awesome God is. 
and all his creation was made for his glory. And keep in mind that not all essential oils can be considered biblical or medicinal grade or pure and unadulterated, properly cultivated and distilled, laboratory tested, accurately labeled, and properly packaged. Over 90% of essential oils available on the market are adulterated in some way. They are for like fragrance or food applications only. And so the company that I've come to know and trust over the last decade has invested millions to pursue the purest essential oils on the planet, partnered with small co-ops around the world that have worked with these plants for generations and know the art of essential oil distillation. And they've tested above and beyond anything I've ever seen with essential oils. They're super transparent in their testing as well, and they make that available to the consumers. It's the only brand I will use on my babies. So that being said, if you're ready to start exploring the potential of essential oils for health and wellness solutions and don't know where to start, I want to make sure you know about my Essential Oils Made Easy virtual workshop. This 45-minute online workshop was designed for people just like you who are new to essential oils. It's a free workshop and totally no pressure. My goal is simply to educate and empower you with the basics to help you understand the power of essential oils because it really just looks like water in those little bottles, right? In this wellness workshop, we cover what essential oils are and how to use them, what to look for in a quality essential oil and why it even matters. And then we cover a few of the most popular and versatile oils every home should have along with testimonials so that you can make an informed decision on whether or not essential oils are a good fit for you and your family. One of my VIP community members shares this. She says, I have a compromised immune system because of having to take immunosuppressants, but I've stayed 100% healthy so far this winter season thanks to the immune and cellular oil blends, the oil supplements, and the probiotics. And that was from Mary, and she's a single mama with two active teens. So yay, Mary, for being able to stay on top of her mama game. Another member shares, my son is getting over a bad cold and cough. He woke me up at 3 a.m. coughing. I put the respiratory blend on his feet and chest and then set up his diffuser with oils. Coughing calmed immediately. (laughs) You go, mama. Just like you make sure your kids are fed nutritious foods and three meals and two snacks every day, that they brush their teeth twice a day and are in bed at a decent time so they wake up well-rested and ready to start their day, you can also make sure that they have natural solutions pure and uncontaminated just the way God created them so they can support their immune and respiratory systems, help them focus during and after school, wash away the stress of the day so they can be emotionally resilient and feeling strong and so much more. Check out the link in the show notes to take the first steps towards getting access. This just helps me learn a little bit more about you and your needs and you can opt to receive a free sample to go along with the workshop to make it more of an interactive experience, which is always fun. Essential oils are not scary, I promise. You just need someone to help you create a specific plan with how they would be helpful for you and how you would use them. They have become our go-to for almost the last decade as a first line of defense in our home, and I want to make sure that everybody knows they exist as a safer, cheaper, and more effective option. Be sure to join me in the next episode of Oils of the Bible series where I show you that it was God's idea to create oil blends and we dive deeper into the prophetic telling of Jesus through the oil producing plants in the Bible as well as historical and modern uses of those oils. Hey beloved, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's podcast and you learned something new, head over to iTunes for Covered Beloved and leave a five-star review. 
hit subscribe while you're there. And of course, if you have friends who would benefit from today's episode, be sure to share. Until next time, remember, God's got you covered.